Today we're continuing our sermon series that is entitled Greater Than. And today we're going to be talking about um, generosity greater than greed. I thought one way to start this morning would be to just get our heads around what we mean by greed. And greed is really that intense or selfish desire for something that one may not have or an intense and selfish desire for something that one has and wants more of it, especially related to wealth or fame or power. We know what greed is. We know in the uh, the Ten Commandments, um, uh, thou shalt not covet, has a lot to do with that spirit of greed. And sometimes greed is about holding on to what we have and having an obsession um, not to lose it or to add to it. You know, sometimes I think that we, we work out of a sense of scarcity, uh, scarcity when it comes to what we have and who we are. And what this particular text this morning deals with is as Paul is dealing with his young uh, uh, protege in Timothy, he's sharing with Timothy about how to deal with people in the congregation. And he says that greed with a measure of arrogance or superiority or disdainful uh, haughtiness um, uh, really causes a person not to be rich but to be poor. So I want us to look at that from Timothy, the first letter to Timothy by Paul in the Bible and go to the sixth chapter, which is the final part of that first letter. And we're going to begin reading with the 17th verse. Let's stand for the reading of God's word. As for those who in the present age are rich, Command them not to be haughty or to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches, but rather on God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. They are to do good, to be rich in good works, generous and ready to share thus storing up for themselves the treasure of a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of the life that really is life. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. You know, the first step in leading a life that is representative of generosity being greater than greed is to know that all of life is a gift. That's the first thing that we have to acknowledge. And the first thing that I hope will register with you this morning is that generosity greater than greed is about a Christian walk of generosity that basically acknowledges that our life and what we have is a gift. And what we enjoy and God desires for us to have that abundant life and living, to have life as it really is life, is all about how we acknowledge that the life that we have was a free gift of grace. It wasn't deserved that we have life. It wasn't earned that we have life. But it was given to us. You know, our sin is that we've lost this sense of gratitude and awe 
concerning the very being of who we are, our life. We've lost that childlike trust and have turned into more or less cynical adults who often become overwhelmed by the problems of life and don't focus on all that is good and is there for our enjoyment that is a gift. Jesus said, unless you become as little children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. You know, I was thinking about that verse this, um, this past week, and I was thinking about how my grandmother, uh, I used to love to sit on the p- piano bench with my grandmother, and she would play from the Cokesbury hymnal and sing. And one of her favorite songs, because it was so, uh, it so demonstrated her life of faith, was Count Your Blessings. Name them one by one. Count your blessings. See what God has done. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. Count your many blessings. See what God has done. Now, aren't you thankful I didn't sing that this morning? And better yet, I didn't try to play it on the piano. That would have really been bad. But do you believe that? Do you believe that life is a gift? And and are you living your life that underscores that belief that we have a gift that God desires for us to enjoy life and to live life abundantly. Generosity starts with our recognition that we have been given the gift of life. You you know, and when we understand that, and I think this is getting um, at the heart of what Paul is teaching Timothy, when we understand that we've been given the gift of life, then we understand that we're called to live with a great sense of gratitude. You know, this past week I recalled having lunch a couple of years ago, actually, uh, with, with a man who um, I really love. He's a great friend, and he's the epitome of this great gratitude that I want to talk about. He's always positive, always upbeat, and always kind, and always thoughtful, and we like to be around people like that, don't we? And if ever there was a person who lived in the full recognition of life being a gift, it's this friend of mine. He'd received an award, um, and and we were really having lunch. I wanted to celebrate uh, that award that he had received from his university. He'd been inducted into the school's Hall of Fame for business achievements, and he'd made um, he'd been made the distinguished alumni of the year of this outstanding university. And, and I just wanted to celebrate that with him. And and we sat down and. Uh, had a little small talk first, and I brought up the award, and he said, you know, Stan, I was overwhelmed. And, you know, I thought to myself, you may have been overwhelmed, but none of us who know you would be surprised that they selected you for this award. And then he started talking about how he was at this award ceremony, and there were hundreds of people there, and how his daughter introduced him. And he said, Stan, she... She told the crowd there about how blessed she was to have been raised by my wife and and me. And she just went on and on and on. And it was so overwhelming. He said, when I stood up to receive that award, he said, Stan, I told that crowd of hundreds of people that I really did appreciate the award they were giving me. 
But what I appreciated even more was the privilege to be blessed by my daughter who gave me such an introduction. And he said the whole crowd erupted in applause. I want you to notice something. That his great satisfaction was not in the recognition of him receiving the award, but in the recognition of how his daughter was so thankful for her parents. Her family, their grandkids. He went on and on about his family, about what a blessing in life that was. And then from there I brought up, well, tell me a little bit more about your life. And he told me that he didn't grow up wealthy, even though by all standards he'd be considered rich today. He talked about growing up poor. He talked about what a break it was to get to go to college. He talked about working real hard to just help his parents make ends meet and working real hard to, to, to help go to school and his parents did all that they could. He talked about how hard he'd worked really growing up but how blessed he was by that work. And then he started talking about his mother in particular. He said, you know, my mother, I could never repay my mother for what all she's done for me. He said that, that she was the one who was constantly encouraging me and constantly lifting me up. And she always told me that God would send angels into our lives to help us make a way. And he said, Stan, my mother was my greatest angel. And then in our conversation, he started pointing to persons in general that he was grateful for and pointing to persons who'd opened the door so that he could go to college and then to law school. And and he just went on and on, introducing me to people that I didn't know, but he knew, and they meant so much to him, and, and I was just drinking it all in. He saw the recognition that he had received not as about him, but he saw it as about all of these people who had made it possible for him to possibly be successful in life. He was so overwhelmingly grateful. And you know, I was grateful. I was grateful to hear such a testimony. And as we were parting, he said to me, Now, Stan, you take care of yourself. You mean a lot to a lot of people. And I thought, wow. He couldn't even leave without lifting me up. You you know, that is so in tune with what it means to be rich. Now, I don't mean by rich having a lot of money. I mean by rich getting what Paul was teaching Timothy. That we recognize that the gift that we have in life is truly a gift. And that we live our life in great gratitude for the gift. Paul was teaching Timothy to teach the people about what it means to be rich. To first tell them not to be haughty. (laughs) And then he starts talking about the importance of being rich. Now you didn't think you were going to come to church this morning... And the preacher was going to stand in the pulpit and say that the call of a Christian is to be rich. But I want to say just that. And I want to qualify it by saying this. I'm not talking about a prosperity gospel. I'm not talking about uh, God um, intervening because of our faith and 
making that statement in our bank accounts. The, the prosperity gospel as we know it has painted uh, a picture toward the extreme poor is not being in God's economy and that is a perversion of the gospel. I'm talking about being rich the way Paul was talking to Timothy about being rich. Let's read it again from 1 Timothy, the 6th chapter. As for the rich of this world, he said, charge them not to be haughty nor to set their hopes on uncertain riches, but on God who richly furnishes us with everything to enjoy. And then for those... um, that, 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 uh, that Paul wanted to recognize the brothers and sisters in the faith who may not have had a lot of money, may not have had a lot that, would call, uh, that we would call made them rich, he, he then broadens that definition of rich. He says, do good, be rich in good deeds, liberal and generous in the way you share with others, thus laying up for yourself treasures and foundations for really living and take hold of life which is real life indeed you know we all can be rich and are called to be rich according to the way that Paul defined being rich to his young protege Timothy rich in good deeds rich in the way that we share with others with liberality Rich in our generosity and rich in the way that comes from taking hold of life, which is real life indeed. You know, we oftentimes just associate rich with having money or having things and how we use that money and how we dedicate those things are are important. Paul gets at that too in the beginning of that verse 17. But being truly rich is about a generosity and an other orientation that each and every one of us can have, regardless of how much stuff is ours. People can have all the money in the world and not be rich according to the way Paul defines it. You know, a Methodist preacher in Columbus, Ohio, told me this once about a uh, member of his church and one who was very well known in, in the Columbus area, very wealthy and influential man. He said that he went to talk to him in his office to talk a little bit about the problems of the world and the problems in the church and, and what a Christian response would, would be. And he said that he, he'll never forget that that man rose from his desk and he walked over to the window and he just started peering out of this penthouse-style office uh, window. And he said, and I just waited because everything just got quiet. And he said, finally, after what seemed to be minutes, probably wasn't even a minute, he said, that man said to me, his pastor, you know, Tom, I've kind of got it figured out that God will ask us two questions when we knock on the gate of heaven. I really mean this, he said. And the first question, he's going to ask us, what have you done with all that you've had? And he said, you know, that's really an easy question. We can recall what we've done with what we've had. 
But he said the second question is tougher. God's going to ask us, who did you do it for? You, you know, it's, it's, it's one thing to know what we've done with what we have or what we do with what we've had. It's another question that takes us deeper when we ask ourselves, what are we doing this for? Why do we respond to others the way we respond? Why is generosity our call? Why do we live life with, with a, a great gratitude? Who are we doing it for? The world is hearing too few stories these days and witnessing too few Christians who are living out an understanding that life is a gift from God that's undeserved and are so thankful for that life and live out such a great gratitude for the life we've been given that not only do we see what we enjoy as being a gift from, from God, but we live with so much joy about our living that people wonder what we're on. They wonder, what's got up, us up so? They're, they're wondering, well, what is he all about? What is she all about? Jesus said, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. And you know, we can lose our treasure. And many people do lose their treasure. We can lose our treasure by focusing on the wrong things. We can lose our treasure by being absorbed by all of the problems that we seem to be focusing. We can lose our treasure and lose our soul as well when we become overwhelmed by life. When the God who has given us life is always there beside us when things are rough and when things are great, is always there beside us to be that giver of life, not just once, but God gives us life over and over and over again. So remember, the call of a Christian is to be rich. It's not based on things or material goods that we may have acquired but it's based on the riches of the gift of good deeds, being, sharing what we have with others, being grateful, being generous, and enable us, enabling us to take hold of life that really is life, as Paul said. You know, I don't know, there's a lot of politics in the air. Have you noticed it's not going to get better for a few weeks either. But for some strange reason, you know it's so easy to research things now, isn't it? I mean, just kind of a touch of a button and there you are. You got more than you wanted. And for some strange reason this last week, I did a little research, stumbled into a little research on an old politician who was most effective and most colorful, a Texan, who served most of his time in Washington, and his name was Sam Rayburn. Now, I didn't know a lot about Sam Rayburn. I did know a little, of course. If you're from Texas, you know a little. But he was in Congress for 50 years. My goodness. And for 17 out of the 21 years, he was the speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives in the four years when his party was out of office, he was the minority leader. So for 21 years, he was a leader 
in the House of Representatives. And, and the more I read, the more I read people who said, you know, the real greatness of Sam Rayburn was not in his public positions that he held, but was in his common touch, the way that he could make things happen, and that that common touch was grounded in his faith. And as I read that, I, I said, I sure hope he's a, a United Methodist with all of that good stuff said. But I was surprised to hear that this man who was raised in Fannin County grew up primitive Baptist, or as we sometimes call primitive Baptist, old line Baptist or hard shell Baptist. You know, when I preached this in the early service, one member of the church walked out and said, you know, my father was his doctor and was a pallbearer. And another judge walked out and said, you know, when I ran for office back in 1996 or whatever, he said, I, I went to Sam Raven's gravestone and I rubbed it for good luck. <laughs> that was about all I needed to hear. But then I started reading these stories about how this man who could make shrewd political deals was a man who was driven by an understanding of humanity that was right out of his faith life. And one story caught my attention that I think underscores what we're talking about today. He said, one day there was a teenage daughter of a Washington reporter. Now imagine this. And that teenage daughter had died. And early the next morning, Rayburn went over to the reporter's house and knocked on the door. He said, I just came over to see what I could do to help. The reporter was obviously touched. Well, thank you, Mr. Speaker. But I don't think we really need anything. We're a bit overwhelmed, but I think we're making all of the arrangements and everything's being handled. It's reported that Sam Rayburn said to him, Well, let me ask you, have you made your coffee this morning? When the reporter said that he had not, Sam Rayburn just walked right in the house and into the kitchen and started making coffee without this fellow objecting to it. Then the reporter said he was taken aback by all of this because he knew that on this particular day, every week, he had a standing uh, breakfast with the President of the United States in the White House. And so the reporter said, Mr. Speaker, I... I thought you had breakfast this morning in the White House. And he said, well, I did. But I called the president and I told him that I had a friend who was having some trouble and I wouldn't be in today. You know, that story really does communicate the essence of what it means for us to be generous and to live in that kind of other orientation. Sometimes the most simple acts of kindness that we bestow upon another is such a gift that reminds others of the gift of life that we have and the gift of relationships in life that we enjoy and causes us to live out of a greater gratitude. Now I want to give you an assignment this morning. I'm going to be praying for you this week. And I'm going to be praying for me this week. 
And I've got a specific prayer. You might want to write it down. You can probably remember it. But this is what I want to pray about this week. I want to pray that today, everyone who hears this message today will acknowledge that life is a gift and recognize who is the giver of the gift because this is the one that we live for and it's our God. I pray that everyone will get so in touch with your life being a gift, a gift that has been given to you by God. And I also pray that God will lead you and me to a different person every day this week, starting with today. To lift up our thank yous to them for what they have done. I pray that God will bring to your memory people who have opened doors for you, people who have gone out of their way for you, people who have made an impact on your life whether or not they knew it. And I pray that if God brings somebody to your memory who's no longer here with us on earth, that you'll thank that person's children or grandchildren. Now, I know God will enter this with us if we enter this with God. God is going to call people to your attention. I mean, today, I'm going to leave this campus today. I'm going to Chandler to an open house at my parents' house. So I'll probably get all of my works, work done for the week today. There are so many people that I owe such a debt of gratitude for, too. And I hope that this week, God will call one by one to my memory every day somebody that I need to thank. And I'll thank them for making a difference in my life. And I pray that you will look for ways to be generous this week. Now, I'm talking about giving I hope you'll give to the church. I've got to say that. But I also hope that you'll pray that that cause that God's been putting on your heart that is a cause for others, that you'll just go ahead and do what you need to do. Write the check or give the time or whatever it is. I hope every day God will give you an opportunity to be radically generous. It might be to someone. You know how God does God will call attention to someone that he's put right in your path and you will nearly hear a verbal voice saying, that's the, that's the person I want you to help and here's what I want you to do. And so often we say, well, no, not today. I don't know how that would look. You know what I'm talking about. And I pray that we will ask God to put surprises into our paths this week that will cause us to do things that are just radically generous. And finally, I pray that you will take Paul's advice to Timothy and take hold of this understanding of where our life has come from and to whom we offer our gratitude and to live out of that gratitude a life of generosity that causes you to know this is life. This is what it's all 
about. Let's pray. Lord God, bless us this week as we go about our every day and give you thanks every day for the life you have given us and the blessings you bestow upon us and the life that you give over and over again and the abundant life you call call us to, to experience. And Lord, send to us those persons whom we need to thank those persons to whom we need to give. And Lord, we thank you for the privileges we know will come our way this week. Amen.